0: An organoid is a three-dimensional construct composed of multiple cell types that's capable of simulating the architecture and the functionality of native organs. Organoids are one of the latest innovations in the quest for a model to recapitulate physiologic processes of whole organisms. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Benjamin Friedman, an Assistant Professor of Medicine in the Division of Nephrology at the University of Washington School of Medicine. We're discussing a Frontiers in Medicine article on organoids as preclinical models of human disease. Dr. Friedman, I just gave a brief description, but can you tell us what exactly is an organoid?
1: That's a great question, Steve. The way I define it, an organoid is a multicellular unit in vitro that can recapitulate the structure or functional characteristics of a particular organ or tissue in the body. You know, this can take many forms, just as the organs in our body take many forms, and exactly whether something is an organoid or not can sometimes be a little bit debatable. But overall, you're looking for something that has a complexity and multicellularity and three-dimensionality that's distinct from the traditional monolayer cultures that everybody is used to growing in the lab.
0: And how are these organoids made?
1: You can make them a few different ways. One way is to start with stem cells, where you actually generate the structure as the stem cells differentiate and these self-organize to form the organoid. And this can be done from either adult stem cells, as is the case with the intestinal organoid, where you have these stem cells in the body that are constantly regenerating the tissue in the intestine, or it can be done from pluripotent stem cells, which goes all the way back to the earliest stages of development. That's very important for organs like the kidney, which we study, where You don't have these types of adult stem cells in the body that are constantly growing these new structures. Instead, you're bequeathed with them at the beginning of your life, and then you have no longer an ability to generate them. Um, It's also possible to generate organoids from somatic cells, in other words, from cells within our body that are not stem cells, and in this sense, take the cells out and you allow them to try to reconnect with each other the way they were in the body. So there's various ways and recipes, and it's all tailored to the particular organ or tissue that you're interested in.
0: So as you say, your lab generates kidney organoids. Is that done exclusively with stem cells? And then once made, what research do you conduct using these organoids?
1: I wouldn't say it's exclusively done with stem cells because you can generate structures that are a little similar to what you see in the kidney, even from adult kidney cells. But the beauty of the stem cell is that it really can self-organize and form these intricate structures that are similar to the nephrons in our body, which are the subunits of the kidney, if you will. And these have been very difficult to generate using adult cells, but can be generated relatively efficiently from pluripotent stem cells, which include both embryonic stem cells as well as iPS cells. And, you know, what we're using them for in the lab is to really understand that process of how the kidney nephron develops. And moreover, to use it as a basis for understanding the kidney disease phenotypes that we see in the clinic.
0: Beyond nephrology, what do you see as the major applications of organoid technologies?
1: Well, I think because this is such a versatile technology, there's really many, many different applications. One thing I don't think I've mentioned is that these are all human structures that we tend to grow. And I think that's a great advance because it's been traditionally very difficult to interrogate human tissue or human organs in the lab because we have to get those things from patients. And obviously, in the patient case, the prime directive is to improve the health and care of the patients, not to do experiments on their cells. So the organoids give us a way around that, and it gives us an opportunity to study things in humans that we haven't been able to study before, and that's important because animals aren't a perfect model of human biology. I think another great advantage of them is that they give us the opportunity to do things in much more high-throughput types of formats than we are capable of in an animal model. So for example, we are using the liquid handling robot in our lab to essentially generate thousands of these organoids in tiny wells all of which we can perform experiments on simultaneously to test thousands of different drugs. And I think that type of approach is going to be very useful because it enables us to look at the phenotypes associated with disease, but really multiplex them and do many parallel experiments where you can test libraries of possible therapeutics on them.
0: So those are clearly some of the benefits. What do you see as the challenges of doing organoid research?
1: Well, I think one of the challenges is that we have to remember that these are not actually organs. I don't even use the word tissue to describe an organoid. Uh, It doesn't have a blood supply. It's missing some of the basic elements that would normally be present in the organ. And in many cases, we can't actually watch it work the way that an organ would work. So these are serious drawbacks. And I think there's a risk of learning something in the organoid that isn't actually true in the organ. So we have to be very careful not to let ourselves be led down blind alleys. The work is also more expensive and tends to be more labor-intensive and less predictable than work in traditional monolayer systems or with immortalized cell lines. So there are some technical difficulties there. And it's kind of the fun of the field as well is that these are constantly improving and we're constantly getting closer and closer to what the actual tissue looks like But at the same time, findings can be rapidly outdated as soon as somebody comes up with a better organoid. So it's a lot of fun, but it's also a little scary sometimes.
0: So all of that leads to my final question. What do you think is going to be the next step in organoid research? What's the next exciting development going to be?
1: Well, I think the organoids are definitely getting bigger and better over time. And we are getting closer to seeing organoids that resemble true tissues. And there's a few ways that that's happening. But I think having a true integrated blood supply that enables the organoid to form in a way that's a little more similar to what happens in the body is definitely something that will have great consequences. And no one's been able to do that yet, at least not that I've seen. I also think that we're moving towards a phase where the organoids will become more of a standard research tool, and it's less about making the organoids or calling this an organoid for a particular part of the body than it is using the organoid to actually leapfrog hurdles in drug development. So I think that's where we want to see it go. We want to see it become part of the standard pipeline for technology and therapy development And we want to see it make real differences in patient care in the long term. So we should be able to find therapies that work using this technology and move them much more quickly into the clinic. So that'll be the real litmus test. And I think we will see some of that begin to happen over the next several years. Thank you, Dr. Friedman.